it's time for some podcast reviews. This podcast review is from Mackenzie Belkestro. I recently discovered this podcast through Lisa's husband's podcast and wow, I've never been more grateful for the YouTube recommendations picks. I adore the way Lisa opens her guests up and always gets tactical tips for her listeners. How does that really look? It's something she says a lot, for instance, and I can't say how appreciative I am of this. In an age of gloss and filter, Lisa is the real deal. This is the most inspiring podcast. I listen now every day as I do my design work. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, that's such an awesome message. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. The year was 2008. Now this was before we started Quest, so at this point I'd already assumed my role as a stay-at-home wife. And after six years of marriage, Tom and I were ready to start a family. But before we did, we both were very keen to openly discuss what we were getting into. It was important for us to both know that we were on the same page about what type of parents we wanted to be. But we actually had no clue where to start. We didn't actually know what to really expect. Until we stumbled on a show. A show where families struggling to discipline their kids would call in an expert. A modern day Mary Poppins, if you will. And she was sweeping more than just chim chimneys, she was sweeping the nation. But she definitely was not offering a spoonful of sugar. She was instead offering a dose of real hard truth. The truth about what it takes to bring actual harmony to the family dynamic. And so, in real time, Tom and I would sit there and discuss the issue at hand and be honest about how we would react in that situation. This then brought up deeper conversations. What religion, if any, would they be? Do we agree on no spanking? Who is going to be the prime caretaker? And what would that actually look like? Like, on an average Wednesday, what would that look like? Who would get up in the middle of the night? Who would take them to school? We asked questions after questions after questions. We wanted to make sure we had thought through every single scenario. And you know what, guys? Never, not once, did either of us ever ask what we would do if there was a pandemic and we were all quarantined at home together for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And yet, here we are, with approximately 9 out of 10 children out of school worldwide. Guys, that's about 1.5 billion kids at home right now. That's an awful lot of parents in scenarios they're just not freaking prepared for. And so today I wanted to bring on an expert, an expert who can help guide every single person. You out there who is at home right now struggling from overwhelm, guilt, anxiety, and the stress of how to navigate being a parent, being a good parent in this new world. And, well, there's only one supercalifragilisticexpialidocious person I can think of. But guys, be warned, there is no easy answer or magic trick. She's not going to be pulling umbrellas or floor lamps out of a handbag to solve problems. But instead, she's going to do what she does best and give actual, real-life, no-sugar-added tips and tactics parents can use immediately to get through these times. So guys, please, help me in welcoming the woman who has been a staple in our living rooms for over 15 years. Nominated for International Emmy Award and the TV Guide's People's Choice Award, the world's most well-known parent expert, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and television personality. Known as the Kid Whisperer, the super nanny herself, Jo Frost. What's up, homie? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was an intro. <laughs> Girl, I have been so obsessed with you for over 10 years. Literally, now Tom and I actually had decided to not have children, but that brought us clarity from just watching your show. So I am so fangirling out right now. Thank you for joining me. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so where I really want to start is something that, um, so my company, Impact Theory, we do multiple things. We do the non-fiction content, which are these interviews that are super empowering. We also want to empower younger kids. And so we have um, a graphic division where we do graphic novels and comic books, all to tell stories that can empower kids. Now, why children? Because we understand that the age of imprint the time that kids are most susceptible is between 11 and 15 years of age, approximately. And so in this time, when I think about the parents that have kids between 11 and 15, I would love to help give them tools in order to navigate this situation right now. So my first question to you is what can parents do with kids around 11 to 15? What words can they use? What language can they use in order to explain what is going on right now so that they don't grow up to be people who are just fearful of the world, scared of death, scared of contact? Um, so yeah, that's let's start there. It's a lot, you know, it, um, it's a lot because we're challenged every day and we're challenged with um, having to let go of so much and to surrender to the fact that we are taking each day as it comes a stepping stone in waiting um, on the importance of the facts from those scientists, um, from those with the knowledge, from the organisations, whether it's CDC, you know, the WHO, our governors in state, um, to be able to um, take those guidelines and to cohere to the advice that's being given to keep us safe. And I think the reality is, um, and always will be, in being able to collect the facts first, in knowing how we protect and keep our kids safe. What I don't want is parents beating themselves up constantly because the reality is, and the facts are, we do not have a vaccine yet. We will, but not yet. And we have seen the alarming, shocking, and tragic numbers um, of that death toll. So I think it's important to be able to recognize what can we control? Mm. When we wake up every day, it is a choice of how we are going to accept the day and what we are going to ebb and flow with and what we are going to um, lay down for ourselves so that we can remain productive and well. So it's important to be able to recognize the age of the child and to recognize um, what they do know. What The first thing is, what do they know? To be able to distinguish that from, you know, myth busting if you will right and to be able to sift through that with your child according to not just their birth age but most importantly their maturity their emotional age and i think that's important for parents to understand the difference between the two and once they have done that then it's being able to sift through that information and making it age appropriate for that child and validating how they're feeling right now. And I would say for most parents, you want to be able to give the answers. You want to be able to make your child feel better. You know, you want to be able to make it disappear. You don't want them to hurt. You want to protect. You want to take it all on yourself. 
but it's a time to be honest in recognizing that we don't really know the answers to some things that they may ask right now. And to recognize that if we can let go of that and tell our kids age appropriately what we do know, then we can keep them informed. We can make them feel very validated with how they feel and then get busy with empowering our children to learn how to jump over those hurdles in a space that allows them to feel uh, mentally well and resilient. And that takes steps. It takes a process of steps and techniques and tools and a ritual of practice in order to gain um, that resilience um, for each family. And it's not done um, in a week. You know, it's done over weeks, over months. Um, I talk about the importance for families having a routine because a routine allows us to be productive in our day. It allows us to meet the needs of what's required, whether that's homeschooling, um, certainly whether it's making sure that our children are moving, um, are keeping themselves active, are engaged in the online social aspects of connecting with their, their peers and their friends because the age from 11 to 15 is a time where it's all about peer groups and socialization. You know? It actually brings um, up a very interesting question then. So I, I love the steps by steps that you just gave, right? So step one is find out what they know. So ask them questions, find correct. out what the truth is, taking those two, assessing their age appropriateness and then discussing it with them based on those issues. Love that. So um, now what happens though, your friends, uh, your kids' friends are Skyping, they're Zooming with their friends. Let's say another parent or another kid is actually bringing the fear into the circle because you have no control over how other people parent their children. So right. what would you suggest in those situations where you're so conscious about how you're you know, talking to your child, but there's this external force, maybe it's their friends, maybe it's they're watching the news, they're grabbing the iPad when you're not looking, and they're hearing all this other stuff. How would you advise parents to handle those situations? Well, I think there's several choices. And one is to be able to bring um, a limitation to the people who are creating this magnified concern and worry so that you can regulate that amount of exposure to your child. And that would be no different if I was telling you that you had a friend who was always a worry wart, was always blowing everything out of proportion, was always seeing the negative, was always draining, draining, draining. I would say to you, 20 minutes max, and nicely wrap that conversation up because it's, an, it's having an impact with you. And I think there are several ways in looking at this. One, how do we, how do we minimize the exposure and the impact on our children, but still allowing them to engage and have fun and enjoy the friendships that they have? How can we go beyond that? And I'm hoping if those parents have connections with their children's talking, but this is the time now where we can have a connection with their parents. Mm. And perhaps we can reach out as parents and help 
those parents from those children who may be really anxious because parents can project a lot of how they feel themselves onto their children at that age. And children of that age, um, hormonally or not, um, have many questions, are certainly questioning everything that's going on around them with everyone who's in their lives. We are not the central box of their lives. They have lots of other influences in many different ways. And maybe it's a time where we can reach out and think, well, maybe that parent, you know, could to do with a talk from us. Mm. You know, maybe they could lend an ear or we could give them some soothing words that actually may help their anxiety at this moment because we're seeing that from the child and the child is conveying that to our child. So it's a moment for us to reach out to other parents and to be there for them and to give them maybe a 10 minute phone call. Hey, you know, our children speak so much, you know, they're really good friends. I wanted to take time to say hi and how are you doing? You know, it's tough, right? It's tough. And opening up the gateway, the, the doors of being able to bring us all to a place of feeling very comfortable without stigma, you know, so we can help others. Mm. We can contain and regulate that amount of time. But what we also can do, and I'm a really big believer in making sure that we can spend time in grounding ourselves, grounding our children. I think uh, meditation is incredibly important, or whether you wanna call it meditation, whether you wanna call it thinking time, whether you just wanna call it stillness and calming time, whatever the language, the word that empowers you as a family, that brings a positive spin mm. and visual to the practice that you do would be wonderful as a ritual to do as a family. So that there's a moment of quiet, there's a moment of being able to breathe in through your nose and you're using your diaphragm correctly and to excel and to be able to push out and to take a moment to still and to calm the body to ground us to put things into perspective to give opportunity to talk to those that have those concerns in our family our children and to allow us to be able to take that bubble that looks so big right now and to just visually through conversation shrink it shrink it shrink it shrink it so that it becomes not so overwhelming mm. to a place that it has you crippled in fear because it's fear. It's the fear that has everybody crippled right now. It's the going 10 steps ahead and not staying present. And, and a meditation, a thinking pod, a space of calm, whether it's individually or together as a family, brings us to a place of being able to put things into perspective so that actually we can focus on gratitude. We can focus on what we're thankful for. We can focus on what we do have. We can focus on our own emotions and others and check in with ourselves. And that really is the core of being able to make sure that an entire family is working on the same page to wellness. Because when we can really instill that core value, it will make everything else a lot easier. So I, I ask you to take just two minutes, just two minutes of courage to just step forward in the face of fear, which is to embrace your vulnerability, 
because right now we're all vulnerable, you know, and to recognize that if I just give this a go, what's the outcome? You know, I recognize I have to let go of a lot. And I think that's been difficult for a lot of families because they've had to let go of and come to a place of acceptance pretty quickly. And some are still living in that space of not quite accepting what is happening. The first several weeks were pandemonium. You know, everybody was stockpiling and families were in a space of tizzy. They were going around, you know, this tornado, um, the eye of the storm. What do I do? I don't know what to do. What, where's the navigation? Where's the guide? What do I... Oh, let's take a moment just to stand still and just watch everything in slow motion that's happening, which is a technique that I teach to families called the SOS. Stop. Observe, step back, and when you step back in, step back in with a decision. Even, even if you say, even if you say, but I don't want to make the wrong decision. We all make wrong decisions, but make a decision. Don't freeze make a decision i love that so much like i'd rather move forward in the wrong direction than not move forward at all um but here's a question for you then in those situations what if you're the person so i'm i'm watching you and i'm like joe frost said sos i'm gonna do it so i do sos but my partner isn't on board my partner is still anxious my partner is still um pessimistic using words that i don't think they should be using around the kids how do we unite because i am so with you as a family that's something you kept coming back to right every time you do something come back as a family unite do it as a team how do you um, suggest people navigate those situations where you're working so hard on yourself but your partner isn't on board or can't get on board because of some emotion they're going through. Well, I think I think it's important to understand um, that they're you know our partners are not us, you know, and so I ask those those partners to have empathy, to have compassion, to take a moment to recognise that even as a family we're all still individually going through our own journey, and it's a moment to to take a moment in being able to come together and to communicate with compassion in being able to say, you know, what, what's worrying you right now? Like, I, I want to listen. I don't want to fix. I want to listen. Because what you feel is just as important as everybody else's. You know, parents are challenged with that because they're either fixing something or providing, you know, and in this moment, so much has been taken away. We've now seen those shocking uh, numbers with unemployment right now and those that are, you know, struggling to feed their children and those vulnerable families out there. There are millions of families right now struggling, you know. So this is a moment of compassion. This is a moment of us with empathy and having patience and being able to talk to our partners and to check in with them. You know, what can I do for you? You know, how are you feeling right now? It's so important for our family to be able to be consistent with what we're saying to our children because it provides, pandemic or not, this front of us being a team together. And a team together means to be accountable for one another because if you're not well, then I'm not well. Then we're not well. It's not I 
It's not myself. It's we. A family is we. So our messaging, our mindfulness in the language that we use and how we together stay present Mm. is what brings us to a place of being able to really work together as a team. So for any of those families right now that say, I'm this way, but my partner's not, the likely chances were that this was a problem before the pandemic, because I really do believe that the pandemic has highlighted a lot of issues that were already there for many, many families, whether it was about the importance of communication and your partner hearing you and really validating emotionally how you have been feeling for a long time or your partner feeling that they could express how they felt without you reacting. This is a moment of validating, listening, communicating without interruption and being able to support one another's needs together as well as how can I help you? Mm. How can I help you? You know, so it's we're in a we moment right now. And that's not just partnerships, it's family, it's community, it's country, it's world, is we right now. Mm. You know, Mother Nature has taken a big breath and we need to stop Mm. and inhale and exhale and take a big breath and recognise What's the priority? Because we're being asked to really move with action under the word we. How can we help each other? How can we help our family? How can we help our community? How can we help our neighbours? How can we help others from afar? You know, and I'm hoping that this opportunity gives many families to just Let's take a minute to think about actually what I've said because it's much bigger. It requires us to survive and to live with one another with more love and harmony when we can do we rather than individualism and I. Do the world you- would be a place for that. It would be a better place for that, you know? Yeah, um, I love that. So I've been speaking to a lot of parents in preparation for this episode. And I have been literally calling up friends, family, emailing people like, what are the things you want to know from the super nanny? And a thing that came up over time and time again, was the comparison trap. So right now, a lot of parents are saying, like, I'm just not doing a good enough job. I'm looking over here and I'm seeing so-and-so doing everything. I'm seeing this person. She's got three kids and she's helping the world. And I'm just freaking struggling to get up in the morning. Um, That's a real issue that I've heard a lot of parents say. How does that person, because I understand the people that aren't going through that to give empathy to those people. But what if you're one of those people right now that's like, I really want to help, but in looking external, it's actually making me feel worse because I'm starting to feel like I can't do anything right. Um, focus on what you are doing because yes, um, it's, it's always been there though. It never, know, it, right? it was there before the pandemic, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses. And to be honest with you, it's also been um, exasperated by Instagram um, and, you know, mummy bloggers, bloggers to some degree, you mm. know, because behind some of those likes is not really what it's like. 
you know, it's the, the imagery, right? Of it's perfect, it's great. Look, we made the art and it's all lovely. Yeah. It's all fantastic. Your kids are alive. Your kids are alive. And you right now are in a space where you are doing as much as you possibly can. And that is good enough. That is good enough. And it's, it's, I can't give you that, Mary. I cannot give you that magic fairy dust that is going to make everything okay. Just as much as I tell families that it's a difficult pill to swallow when you go to work and you feel guilty because you wish that you were mm. more at home, right? But it is about self-acceptance of where you are right now. And if you're getting up and you're getting through some form of homeschooling, you're doing some, right? And your kids right now are in a space where they can socialize with their friends and you can connect with your children and have fun and silly times with them. And you can still be productive together as a family, right? In the things that you get done under house little chores that you do. It's good enough. It's good enough. Let those do what they do and focus. Focus on your family and what's important to your family right now. Because that, that is all that is required right now is you being present with your family. And if you have time, if you find yourself that you have a moment to be able to pick up that phone and have a chat, not just for their sake, but for yours as well, to be able to talk to others and to sit down for a minute with a cup of coffee, do so. But for a lot of families, they're, they're getting up and having to do so many things right now. Juggle work, schedule meetings, as well as different age children, you know, or an elderly parent right now that needs, you know, medication. So the only person, the only person that is going to cut you some slack right now is yourself. And right now you're doing a good enough job because you're getting up and you're being productive and your kids are loved and you're connecting together and you're doing what you can. So I'm telling you, you've got to somehow recognize to, to let it go. You have to let it go because there's enough on your plate already. You don't need to add more um, onto your plate. You know, we live, Lisa, we live in a, in a world where we would commend those families that were spinning 30 plates. <gasps> Look at that mother. Mm -hmm. 30 plates. <laughs> and she's knackered. She looks exhausted. Right. She's drained. She's overscheduled. The children are mm. overscheduled. She hasn't been out on a date night for ages. The children haven't even been able to talk to her and they're 15 and 18. You know, so we need to be able to recognize that the journey, the journey is being able to have less plates to spin and to actually be okay with that. You know, and that doesn't happen overnight. But let them do themselves and you focus and be present on doing yours. And again, uh, that comes from the little rituals that we do, perhaps for a family over breakfast time, because now we have the beautiful opportunity to come together and have breakfast together and have lunches and dinners. You know, I used to hear all the time with families, we don't have time to eat together. The mm. art of sitting around a table mm. is lost. Now it's not. 
Now we get to sit around the table. Now we get our older kids to be able to cook up a meal for us, you know, or do theme night foods for whatever we can get in our pantry. Now we get a moment to have movie nights, right? And now we have an opportunity to come together and go for family walks, you know, or to play a game, you know, together, or to be able to learn something new with our our older child or younger one, or maybe they're gonna teach us, you know, as, as family. You know, an opportunity to bond maybe friendships that we've only just begun to meet and now we have an opportunity, you know, to engage more. So it's really how, it's really how you make a choice to wake up every morning in those circumstances. Because if you're always gonna look at what you don't have, then you're never gonna be content. I don't have this yet, I don't have that yet. My neighbor has this, why don't I have that? No, you may not have a garden, but we have the opportunity right now to go out and be mindful as a family and take a walk, you know, together, right? We have an opportunity to be able to talk to our partners about perhaps things that were troublesome before the pandemic that we can really thoroughly communicate. And an opportunity, may I say, not just to resolve, but also to commend, also to praise, also to be thankful. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easier easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams 
a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. See, that was so much amazing advice. Um, I didn't want to stop you because you were so fire. One thing that literally gave me the chills when you said it is your children are loved. Like that freaking hit me. I didn't want to stop you, but I literally got chills all the way out my arms. It hit me so hard because it really doesn't, you say it a lot, but you're just like, it's simple, right? It's like, we, we want to make it complicated. We want to like. We do, not we want. I think a lot of the time, and, and I say this again, I am not minimizing parenting at all. I've been in the parental arena for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I've been in the trenches with those families. I know those moments when it's one o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, I need a glass of wine. I know those moments when you're pulling your hair out. I know those moments when your teenager has just confronted you and you're like, oh my God, like, is this really happening? I'm seeing a mini me in front of me and it's winding me up. Like I know the, the, the great and the bad that comes with that. So I'm not minimizing that, but we can make things complicated. And, you know, it was only last night I was speaking to a friend who has a couple of children, you know, and they were concerned because it was one of one of their uh, one of their little one's birthday. And they couldn't give them the birthday um, that they wanted to give them. And the parents are working and it was like, and I couldn't give them this and I couldn't give them that and I couldn't do this. And we don't really give them. And I'm like, look what you are giving them. But look what you are giving them. You're teaching them how to be more resilient. You're teaching them to enjoy the moments that they are on their own and the moments when you come together. They are loved. They know they are loved. They know they are loved by your actions. And for those children that don't understand, let it go. Because there will be a time when they are old enough and we'll be able to look back on this as history and say, yeah, that was a time when that happened. It was a moment in history and you were this age and you didn't quite understand. And you were like, I want to see my boyfriend and I don't care. I can't see my friends. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to go Disneyland. Why can't we go Disneyland? And you'll be able to explain. And it's the same that I say to parents all the time when they're not in a pandemic, you know, before the pandemic, it was right now. There is a reason why, because you love, you protect. You're there to take care and give guidance with your children and they're not always going to understand it and you're not always going to wake up and keep them happy every day but be okay with that because when they're older they'll get it they'll understand and that's the main thing but what do you do in that moment but what do you do in that moment when when you feel like you're about to break right because i love that you're, let's say your teenager's freaking out. I want to see my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Now, look, I totally get in the future. You can say, they'll understand in the future. But right now, in this very moment, as a parent, I can imagine you're ready to lose your shit because you've got all this input. People are frustrated, especially kids. The hormones are just raging. And so now, as a parent, you're taking this in. How do you calm down enough so that you don't freak out, so that you don't lose your shit? Because you're only going to then beat yourself up later for losing your shit. 
which would be advice that I would give pandemic or not, right? So you see what we're talking about are circumstances that are highlighted now because we're at home, mm-hmm. because we're present. They were always there, but we were distracted. We're not distracted now by this. It's present there in our faces. It's coming up every day. It's allowing us to have teachable moments. This Mm. period in time is allowing us to have teachable moments with our children. It requires us as the adults to have more refrain. It requires us to have more patience. It requires us not to lead with our ego and have the last word. It requires us to explain, to remain calm, and to be able to recognize what's gonna keep us in that space. Number one, reach out to your partner and turn around and let them know if right now you're having a day that's difficult. Like emotionally, I'm feeling really heightened right now and I'm feeling really tired and I'm feeling like I'm going to lose my shit, Mm. you know? And when we can talk honestly about how we're feeling, it gives us an opportunity for our partners or those that are with us to be able to say, Take, take five, go and run a hot bath. You know what? Go and put your headsets, headsets on. Actually, go and take a job for 20 minutes. Maybe go and take a walk around the neighborhood. Come back. I've got this for a minute. If you're a single parent, then you know what? Instill those boundaries in place. Everybody should be having quiet time anyway. Individual time. Okay? It's like I need, I need 15 minutes. I need 30 minutes. Everybody's going to take... 30 minutes or 45 minutes, you can go in that room, I'm gonna go in that room, I just need to do a space right now, I need me right now, you need you right now, because otherwise we're on top of each other like rats in a lab, like this, right? And maybe it's a moment where you really just wanna be on your own, or maybe it's a moment where you need to pick up the phone and say, God, I tell you, how many more hours I'm really feeling it today? Mm. And your friend says something that makes you laugh, you know? And it shifts your energy into a different space, which brings me on to saying that when we feel that we are just petering down in our mood or where we're at, and we feel a little bit agitated, we can feel it, we can feel that energy, Recognize the things that you can do to shift that energy because it really is all about energy. Parents create energy in a home environment that bring a space for the family, children to thrive. And that can be um, certainly stopped and crippled energetically if we feel our mood dip. Mm. So it's kind of like when adults walk into a room and, and you say, but you could cut the room with a knife. You can feel it. Mm. So it's the same in a home. So what can you do to shift that? Maybe it's music. Maybe it's watching a comedy show. Mm. Maybe maybe it's just a group of friends that do make you laugh with the things that they do. Um, there are many things that every individual will have something that uplifts them. It's a certain type of music, whether that's grunge music, calypso music, pop music, reggae, whatever it is you know, it's going to be able to shift. Um, so I think it's a time of, of inward as well because it allows us to be able to recognise what can bring us to that space. If you're feeling, Lisa, if you're feeling like, oh, I feel a bit heavy, I feel like I'm dragging my feet, what music do you listen to? 100% I put on either Britney Spears or Madonna and <laughs> I sing it from the top of my lungs. 
Right, well, I, right, so you have that. I love reggae, right? I love reggae music. So I put on some Buja Banton or I put on some Bob Marley. I put some reggae music. That's totally amazing. shifts my vibe. Totally shifts me, right? So again, it's, it is energetic because it's how we can shift. But that also is supported with two things that go together. And one is movement and the other is food. Food makes sure that we don't dip in our blood sugar levels. And it stops that irritable feeling and for younger children getting very agitated. Mm -hmm. So the consistency of three main meals and some snacks are important. And being able to look at what we can get and to get creative allows us to be able to keep that at an even kill. And we know through facts, scientific facts, that when we can move, we create more oxytocin, more dopamine, more serotonin, and chemically, what that does up here is not only make us feel good, but it makes us feel very encouraged and very motivated. And it makes us feel like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it, right? So we have all those wonderful feelings as well. So they go together hand in hand and they warts together, you know, food and movement mm. within our routine when we provide the boundaries in an energetic space that creates more harmony for us as a family. So when we can take these little bite-sized tips and techniques and instill them, and when they see just the small small little baby step they take that makes a huge impact makes us feel really good and that feeling is empowerment is empowerment i so love that breakdown that was so freaking clear and concise but i'm going to throw you a little curveball here what yeah. if it ends up being a chink in your armor so what if you had all your steps, let's say boundaries, because that was one that I got a lot from a lot of parents, yeah. where it's like, I'm trying to set boundaries, um, but like I, I know one person that hides in the bathroom so his kids can't find him. When his kid knows he's in the bathroom, he still knocks on the door and he, he says, you need to give me space, you need to give me boundaries. But yet the kid is just at that age where it's like, dad, 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 dad. Um, and now everything kind of falls apart because it's hard for them to even take that first step of the boundaries. So what, there's yeah. an answer to that. Again, it was before the pandemic and it's here now and it's not going to go away after the pandemic either, right? <laughs> so in this case, what happens is that the parent goes into the bathroom and the child starts knocking on the door and it becomes a chant, right? And it's, it's almost like torture, Right. It's the same thing over again. Dad, 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 knock, knock, dad, dad, knock, knock. And the biggest mistake the parent makes is to keep talking to the child. Ah. Stop, stop banging. Stop that. Stop banging. Leave me alone. Stop banging. I need five minutes. If you ignore and the child keeps banging and you just ignore, actively ignore, because that's what you're doing. You're actively ignoring, knowing that you need that space. What will happen is it will stop because it's negotiation. If somebody keeps banging and knocking and knocking and you're still rewarding them with communication, just keep knocking. Because if you're talking, the next thing you're going to do is move closer to the door. And then the next thing you're going to do is open the door and tell them face to face. So be resolute in knowing that once you've closed the door in the bathroom, that is the boundary. 
the door, ignore. And if you're telling me you're a parent that can't let go, I bet you the parent that has to have the last word either as well, right? Mm. So put earplugs in or put headphones on right now to minimize the noise if you're feeling very heightened or sensitive because it's also a time where a lot of families who are very sensitive um, and very stressed um, can create an overload of sensory processing, right? So the noise breaks, everything feels a little bit more heightened. So put some earplugs in, put some headphones on with some relaxing music, you know, and it actively ignore that chant because what will happen is you won't reward the child and you'll see it will stop. Because at the end of the day, even when you've done that, it will only be your actions, your behavior that will change other people's behavior around you. Mm. And boundaries and healthy boundaries are necessary for your own sanity. So again, um, it's being unapologetic for recognizing that if you can create more refrain, um, a schedule that allows you to get the sleep that you need, healthy space and boundaries, you'll be a much better parent for it. You feel good for it. And you'll be able to have more tolerance, more patience, more empathy, more understanding. Um, certainly your auditorial skills will get better, your communication. And generally, overall, what we're talking about, again, is family wellness. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing I really want to cover, which I think is extremely important, and I am totally with you that we don't know where this is going to go. But let's take for right now the thing that I hear a lot of parents that are worried about is the rejoining society. And I've heard from different sides of the coin. I've heard parents that are like, my kid, and this is literally a story, my kid is so scared that if he steps outside, he's going to die. He won't step outside and he's like five years old. And then what about the kid that's the opposite where they're like, they've been so trapped. Let's say they're teenagers. You Then you educate them, you give them the fact, but they're just freaking teenagers. So they just want to rebel. They want to go outside and hang out with their friends. So they're on the opposite spectrum where now they're just being completely careless. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no compromise with this. You know, there's, there's no compromise. And I've been very vocal about this. For any five-year-old um, that is feeling very anxious, it is one baby step at a time. So it's going out maybe for 10 minutes. Um, and it's about uh, the language that you use that's non-threatening or invasive. Um, it's about safety. It's about them recognizing uh, through your own language and your compassion, because we will be dealing uh, with heightened anxiety for those young children, the importance of their food, their exercise, their sleep. All of those um, are really key points in reducing anxiety for young children. So the importance of being consistent with that is incredibly vital. And then we take the steps of stepping out one step at a time, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. 40 minutes, one hour, you know, um, we keep our children um, amused and um, certainly engaged by keeping them mindful on those walks at that age. You know, what birds can you spot out? I'm sure I can see, um, you know, a yellow finch. Can you spot a yellow bird in the trees because they're around everywhere? Or let's play I spy. Oh, look at that rock. Look, you know, so it's about engagement in that capacity because it draws our child away from the thought patterns of thinking the worst. 
And then we work on the vital keys to reduce that anxiety. For the older child, it's about recognizing that once we have those facts, we as the parents are making sure we can protect our children so that we are in the parameters of making sure that our kids are still safe. And look, I'm no expert on the pandemic, but I'm listening to the scientists right now. And they're the people we do need to be listening to with respect to their wisdom and their expertise of what we should be doing, you know? And so is, and that, so what you would, is that what you would say to the teenagers then? Like, you'd break it down. I've been listening to the experts. This is the conclusion I've come to. This is the rule I'm implementing and you will live correct. by it. And this is, this is why we are doing this, you know, because there is no vaccine. And if you have teenagers right now who are out, then they're going to be of a certain age, right, where they, you feel that they can be out in other company on their own. And right now, well, right now that's not an option. You know, right now that's not an option. And it's okay for us to say to our children when they say to us, well, am I going to be able to go out in August? Mm. Am I going to be able to go and see my friends? Like, what am I going to be able to do? I don't know the answer to that right now. Because right now I'm collecting the information that allows me to be able to let you know what will be allowed in order to keep you safe. And that's not just for your 15-year-old. That's for your young adult as well to have the consideration in recognizing that they may be still living under your roof and actually you know, implementing certain behavior that puts the whole family at risk. Mm. So it's a conversation where you have to come around the round table and talk with common sense about accountability for each family member. So we have to cross those bridges when we get to them based on the information that's out there. So as parents being responsible and accountable for the welfare and, I am gonna say it, survival of your family, then you take heed to the scientific facts and the information that's being given, and you parent. You are not your children's friend. You're the parent, and you do what is going to keep them safe. And if they don't like it, that's tough. That's tough. And I'm sorry that you feel that way, but it's my job to keep us all safe as your parent, and that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So here are the rules. Let's talk about what you can do not what you can't do let's talk about the cup being half full and what you can do right now because if you get yourself into that hole then you're going to dig it deeper and I don't want parents to feel right now in this space that they have to keep under the circumstances their children happy all the time. Mm. It's not your job to keep your kids happy all the time. You will never succeed at doing that. No one succeeds at doing that. It's your job right now to keep yourself safe and your family safe right now. And there is no compromise with that. And as you've said, I don't sugarcoat. There is no compromise with that because nothing and unfortunately, you know, excuse me for saying this, but again, it's the reality of this conversation we're having. Nothing equals death. It's the queen on the chessboard. And death don't play, you know? And it's final. It's final. So there's no compromise there for me as a parent, as a grandmother, 
as a wife, as a daughter, as a sister. And I am absolute in that, you know. So I'm, I'm hoping that for those families that are listening today, I hope that you step forward with courage in recognizing that it's your, it's your sole job right now as parents, as your children's guardian, right? To navigate a pathway that creates harmony for your children so that they can thrive in times like this and to provide an energetic space that we call home and sanctuary with love and cuddles and affection and laughter and moments of vulnerability, but we'll get through it anyway. It's your job to survive, to keep your kids safe, to protect them. And if it means what you have to say they're not happy with, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. I love that you said that so much because I know so many parents that are struggling because they just want to see their kids happy and they find that, that they judge themselves based on if their kid is happy or not and they judge themselves as good or bad parents based on that and i so i so love that you said that um yeah it's 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 necessary as i say what's happened is you know time has gone on you know and people are now becoming impatient and people are wanting now and i think it's um i think it's a reflection of who we are in society right now. We want everything yesterday. We want immediate gratification. We want things done now. We want fix it tomorrow. And it's like, this is not that. This is learning to feel okay with how uncomfortable things feel right now, you know, and what that means for us. So, so parents, be your loving selves, you know, see this as an opportunity, a teachable moment, Take the breaks when you need them, okay? You are human. And remember, your kids, they go through the same stuff as we do. They have their off days. They have their days when they're just like, oh, I just want to go back to bed again, you know? They have those moments as well. Cut yourself some slack, but you do what you need to do as parents to stay alive, to keep your kids healthy and safe. So when you have to put your foot down, you have to put your foot down. You know, and do it unapologetically because it's coming from from the right space, from here to heart. You know. Boom! That was freaking amazing. I literally, I don't have kids, and I can literally keep talking to you for like hours and hours, women. Your your advice is so freaking strong. Um, and so um, I just want to like say thank you for all of that. But before I go. I can't believe I get to ask the super nanny what her superpower is. But what is your superpower? I would say empathy. Mm. Yeah, I would say empathy. I'm an empath. So I, I, I feel, feel more than most people feel, like personally feel. So I would say, I would say it's definitely a gift, you know, yeah. being an empath and being empathic. Yeah. A hundred percent. That would be my superpower. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and so where can people find you? Where can people find the show that you're doing? Where can everything, all the amazing things that you're up to? Um, well, the information, there's lots of family advice. So lots of families right now are also going through transitions and they're wanting um, generic, you know, family advice. So you can go to joefrost.com for that. Um, I'm also providing public service for families who need help. So families who have concerns or they're going through issues right now and they want some counselling, they want to be able to 
pick my brain for a few things, you know, um, and that can be done on the Twitter, which is Joe underscore Frost or Instagram, Joe Frost. Um, so, yeah, they're the social media platforms in being able to um, reach me. Um, and if you go to joefrost.com, um, you'll see it says contact Joe. And if you go there, you can drop me an email. But of course, if you send an email, don't be surprised if you get a phone call from me. That's amazing. Guys, 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 go check out this woman. I've been such a freaking huge fan for years Thank and you. years and years. And so you've got to go check out her website, check out her videos. All her advice is so freaking fire. You've just got to go and follow this woman. Um, if you or your friends or someone you know has kids, let me tell you, follow her. She'll give you massive advice. Um, and if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And if you're not subscribed, guys, click that subscribe button. Share this video with any parent out there that could use it. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace out, guys. <laughs>